Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Man, it's been an awesome uh, morning of worship, hasn't it? Have you enjoyed worship? Yeah? Amen, amen. I love... I love just worshiping Jesus, and uh, it makes sense. <laughs> My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and it's a great privilege uh, to be able to share with you this morning from the Word of God. And uh, I just am, am so glad all of you are here. And if you are a first-time guest, we just welcome you. We thank you so much for being here. We're just uh, excited. And you couldn't have come at a better time because we're in the second week of a very powerful series called Anchors in the Storm. And throughout this series, we're examining three questions And there are three questions that all of us face at one point or another in our life. And the first one is, who am I? Who am I? Have you ever asked that question about yourself? Who am I? It's a a question about identity. You know, what are my gifts? What are my skills? What am I supposed to do uh, with my life? And that kind of leads us to the, the second question is, where am I going? Where am I going, you know, in this life? And I mean, after this life, what happens? You know, so we ask that question, where am I going? And then finally, we ask maybe the bigger question is, does any of this have any meaning? I mean, is there any meaning to my life, to my friend's lives, to my husband or wife's life? I mean, what's the purpose of us being here on the earth? Now, typically, there are are three responses that the world will give, and I want to share those with you. Uh, Pastor Chris shared these last week, and it's just so incredible. The first one is this. The first response naturally to these is, uh, no one can know the answers. Okay, that's the answer, or, or the response, rather, of atheism. Then the next one is, I don't care if there are answers. That's a response of agnosticism, and I would add apathy. Like you just don't, you know, lazy, too lazy to figure it out, don't care. Um, and then the, uh, the last one is, I can make a guess. And that's the response of philosophy and religion. But there's actually a fourth response that followers of Jesus have held on to and grasped uh, throughout history since Jesus walked the earth. And that is this, that, that God has given us a revealed knowledge and a revealed understanding of life and that we can know because it is revealed to us through God and through the person of Jesus Christ. And so uh, through this series, we're going to be talking about that, that there are anchors that we need to grab a hold of in our life in order to steady our lives because otherwise we're going to fall into one of those other uh, categories of answers. You know, I don't care or I don't believe there's a, a God or whatever your answer might be. We believe here at New Life that God has showed us and shown us through his, his son Jesus who he is, how much he loves us, and what he wants us to do. So we will talk about today our identity, our destiny, and our purpose. And so uh, that's a very uh, important thing as we go through this series. Now, we, we're looking at five anchors. The first anchor is God the Father, and we talked about that last week. Pastor Chris did an awesome job of explaining to us how God the Father is an anchor that anchors our lives. Right? And today we're going to talk about Jesus, Jesus, that God was in Jesus, actually, and that Jesus is an anchor for our lives. Next week we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. That's the third anchor. The fourth anchor is heaven, and I'm really excited about this one because how we view the end and what happens after this life ultimately determines how we're going to act here, right? Because if there's nothing on the other side of this life, like we should live it up now, right, in every way possible, But if there is something after this life, it radically changes how we live now. And so we're going to talk about that in the fourth week. And then the final week, we're going to talk about that that there's only one way. 
to get to heaven. We're going to bring it back to Jesus, and we're going to see how Jesus said, listen, uh, it doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what's true, and I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So it's going to be a powerful series. It already has been, and I'm excited today to talk about how Jesus becomes the anchor for our lives. And here's what we're going to learn today, ultimately, is this. We can never understand who we are unless we understand who Jesus is. And and ultimately, it, it really comes down to this statement. Only when we understand who Jesus really is can we understand who we, who we really are and what we are meant to do. Only when we understand who Jesus really is can we really understand who we are and what we're meant to do. And we're going to see today how that applies in our life. And really, it comes down to this. It, asks, it really begs the question, who then is Jesus really? Who is Jesus really? Because if, it, if it's really all about Jesus and I can't really know who I am unless Jesus, you know, I know Jesus really, like, then Jesus must be pretty important. So who was he really? And that's what we're going to talk about today as we look at the Word of God. And, and here's the amazing thing about the, the Word of God, that we have to ask this question, who is Jesus really? And when we ask that question, it's a, it's a question of, you know, research. We need to know who he is. And, and what I want you to think about this morning is this, who can best describe you? Who can best describe you? Okay, if you're married, it's most likely your spouse, right? They know you. They know how you're going to act. And, uh, you know, my wife sharing about the coffee uh, today, she said that uh, one of the greatest things is when I bring her coffee uh, in in bed in the morning. And, and, you know, ladies, does that gain points? Huh? No, it only gains one point, okay? (laughs) I learned that a long time ago. All right, there, are no, there is no thing with multiple points. You get one point, guys. It stinks, okay? But, but here's the thing, right? If I bring her coffee in bed, I know that the morning is going to be delightful, okay? And if I don't, I know it, it's not, okay? <laughs> so just leave it there, right? Okay, so, so I know my wife really well, and she knows me really well. And so if I wanted to know or you wanted to know about me, you would go to my wife and say, you know what, what what's Brad really like because he, he seems weird, okay? <laughs> so, so what's he really like? You would go and you would ask my wife, and she would hopefully give you a, 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 an edited grace a version of my life, right? Because <laughs> I'm not Jesus, okay? So big surprise. So, so we go and we ask those people, maybe if, you, if you're not married, maybe it's your, you know, your best friend, the person that you have spent a, a lot of time with. In fact, growing up, I had a best friend. Some of you know his name was Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy made me do things that I didn't want to do. Um, and so he knew me really well, better than my parents did, actually, at the time. Okay, and over, as I grow up older and older, my parents are finding out more about me. So, um, but if you, if you are a student or you're a, a child in here today, your parents know you really well. They know how, they know how you're going to react to a certain situation. And so if somebody wants to know about you, they either go to your friends or they go to your parents or they go to uh, those around you. And, and hopefully, if you're still alive, they would actually come to you. That's the preferred thing, right? Um, but... When it comes to Jesus, so many times we, people ask, you know, who is Jesus? Well, I thought he was a good teacher, you know. He might have been a prophet, but, but actually what really matters is not what other people think. It matters what the people think who walked with Jesus, 
right? Doesn't it make sense? It makes sense that his friends know, knew him really well. Jesus wasn't married, so he couldn't go to his spouse and ask uh, her about Jesus. But we do know an awful lot about Jesus based on the people that he hung out with the most. And in fact, most of those guys wrote an account of Jesus' life. And that's what we find in the New Testament, is, is groups of guys who wrote down, hey, this is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus told me. This is what he taught. Uh, this is uh, what I investigated. There's a, a guy, his name is Luke. He was a doctor. He spent a lot of time investigating who Jesus really was because a lot of us, we ask that question, who is Jesus, you know? And so Luke actually went, he talked to eyewitnesses of Jesus. He, he talked to uh, the people who hung out with him the most, and he spent a lot of time researching, researching who Jesus actually was. And so now we have an account of who Jesus really is. So if we want to know who Jesus really is, we have to go to the New Testament. And we have to ask the question and let the New Testament answer it. And that's what we're going to do today because until we understand who Jesus really is, we will never really understand who we are and what we are meant to do. So we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. And uh, we're going to see here a, a really neat interaction that Jesus has with his disciples. Now, Jesus spoke to crowds uh, that were like 10 times this size, but he had people close to him. He had 12 people who were really close to him that he invested in a lot. And then he had three people who he really invested in. They got to spend the most amount of time with Jesus. And, uh, and so during these times when he was speaking to the 12 people who were closest to him, he had a question that he wanted to ask him, and that's what we're going to address today. And we're going to see how Jesus addresses the issues of identity, destiny, and purpose when it comes to anchoring our lives in him. So here's what the uh, scripture tells us, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. If you have a phone, I'd encourage you to follow along in there as well. It'll be up on the screen for you as well. Here's what it says. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the guys who wrote the, these accounts that we can read so that we can know how we're supposed to live. Today, God, I pray that you'll show us who our true identity is and, and what we're supposed to do and why we're here where we're going. God, I love you so much, and I pray today that you'll open our hearts to everything that you have for us. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Now, Jesus begins this uh, discussion with his disciples with a very important question, and Jesus kind of gets right to the issue of identity. He asks his disciples, hey, hey guys, listen, um, who do people say that I am? In fact, let's read it together again. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Now, this is incredibly important. And when it comes to the issue of finding out who we really are, 
in finding who Jesus really is, we have to come to this point in our lives at some point. You see, Jesus asked his disciples, hey guys, who, who do people say that I am? And they said, you know, people think you're a great prophet. People think you're, you know, Elijah, Jeremiah. You might be John the Baptist. They're not, they're not really sure who you are. But then he says, no, no, guys, listen, listen, listen. Stop, stop, stop. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because you see here, Jesus made very clear. He was not concerned about what other people thought about, G- about himself. Jesus was uh, the only person who was completely secure with his identity. But he went to his disciples and said, listen, this matters so much. And he said, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because this matters, not for me. It didn't matter for Jesus. It mattered for his disciples. Now, one of his disciples, uh, he was a very eager man. And maybe you know uh, or have experienced this at some point in your life. Uh, How many of you, you know, in school, there was always that kid that uh, always had the right answer, right? They did their homework. Like, imagine that, you know. Um, they read all this stuff, and when the teacher would ask a question at the beginning of class, and, and that, that kid's in the back, right, and he's raising his hand, he's shaking it like this. Anybody, anybody know anybody like that? Come on, put your hands up. Now shake them. That's you. I knew it, all right? No, <laughs> no but we all know. We all knew people like that, right? And, and uh, there was one of those kids in my class, and uh, I mean, this kid, he would shake so much, I thought he was going to fall out of his chair, right? It was like the answer was so much in him, he's just like, Poof, you know, but, but uh, he would shake his leg. I mean, it's just crazy. This kid was, he was nuts. But anyway, um, he always knew the answer. And there was one of these guys in the group with Jesus, you know, and it makes sense because it seems like Jesus got all kinds of personality types in his group. And, and so when Jesus asked this question, who do people say I am? That, you know, I, I picture uh, this guy's name was Peter. Peter's sitting there like this, like, oh, Jesus, I know, I know, I know, pick me, pick me. You know, and I was an education major, so I never picked that kid, right? <laughs> I realize now that's probably mean and I shouldn't have done that. But, uh, but, you know, I was a music ed major. I was like, okay, guys, what's this whole note? And the kid's in the back going, oh, percussionist of all people. You know, raising their hands, shaking like that. And I go, you over here not paying attention. What's the answer? <laughs> That's totally not cool. But uh, teachers shouldn't do that, I suppose. But if you are a teacher, you can use that on Monday, okay? Um, here we go. Here's what, here's what Peter replied. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. You see, what Jesus did is he re-identified Peter in this moment. By asking Peter who Jesus was, Jesus re-identified Peter. It's incredible. It really is. Jesus said, who does everybody say I am? No, who do you think I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter and Jesus said, Peter, you got it. You understand. And here's your identity. Jesus used the word uh, Simon Bar-Jonah. What that means is this. In, in the original language, it simply means Simon, son of Jonah. Jesus took Peter's earthly identity and he said, you are, you're no longer Simon Bar-Jonah. You are Simon Peter. Jesus took Peter's identity and he re-identified it with Jesus' identity for Peter. That's amazing. In a question about Jesus' identity, Jesus gives an identity to Peter. And you see, Jesus actually wants to do the same thing for us. 
It ultimately matters, not what other people think about Jesus. It doesn't matter what your mom or your dad think about Jesus. It doesn't matter what your husband or your wife think about Jesus. What matters is what you think about Jesus and who he is. So this morning, Jesus is asking all of us, who do you, who do you say that I am? Because this is incredibly important. In fact, Jesus had a, another close friend. His name was John, and John wrote an account, in the, we call it the Gospel of John. And John wrote an account of Jesus' life. And when he opened up his, his account, he wrote these words, and this is incredible. He wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was God. God. Now, listen, John spent probably the most time with Jesus out of anybody in the whole group of 12 and then of three. John got to see Jesus raise people from the dead. John got to see Jesus give the deaf their hearing and the blind their sight. John even got to see a unique experience. We call it the transfiguration. Uh, I don't don't know what it is. I can't explain it to you, but all I know is that Jesus was talking to some guys that were in heaven, okay? And that's crazy, right? But John got to witness that. So John was very, very close to to Jesus. And John in his account, in his eyewitness account said, listen guys, Jesus was with God in the beginning. He was God. He's the word. He's the one who conveys and communicates God to us. Now, how many of you, your best friend would say that about you? Raise your hand real high. Okay, good. You're not, you're not, you're not uh, arrogant. That's a good thing. Okay, <laughs> right? Now, here's the thing. Nobody would ever say that we are God, right? My best friend, as much as we did together, as much fun as we had, and as good as I am to him, like, you know, and I'm a good friend. I mean, come on. You know, I text him like once every six months or so. So, you know, I'm a really good friend to him, uh, trying to get better. He would never call me God, ever. Ever. And Jesus' closest friend, probably on the earth, said that, you know what, Jesus, Jesus is God. And and not only that, he was with God in the beginning, and everything came into being because of him. In fact, John says that in in, in verse 3. Here's what he says a little bit later. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Through him, all things are made. So John, Jesus' closest friend, John is saying, listen, Jesus is God, and, and he created everything. He created everything. Everything that you see, the trees out here in the parking lot, those trees are there because Jesus knew they would be there. He said they would be there. This building is here because Jesus said that it would be here. And here's the amazing thing. You are here because Jesus said that you would be here. You see, when Jesus was bringing Peter to this point of Jesus' identity, it was in that moment that Peter had to recognize who Jesus really was. Jesus created all of us. And as our creator, he gives us identity. The world doesn't give us identity. Your friends don't give you identity. Your spouse doesn't give you identity. Your past does not give you an identity. Your identity comes from the one who made you. And according to John and to Matthew, and even to this guy named the Apostle Paul, in fact, I want to read to you what he said. The Apostle Paul said this about Jesus. 
Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, everybody say through Him. For through Him, God created everything in, heaven, in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. How incredible is that? This guy who had this amazing experience with Jesus said, listen, you got to understand something. Jesus is God. And everything was created for him. Everything was created by him. You and I were created by Jesus for Jesus. So only Jesus can tell us who we really are. So whoever you've been listening to in the world, stop listening to him. Even if it's your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, stop listening to them and start listening to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who shows us who we really are. And he shows us what we're meant to do. That's exactly what he did for Peter here in the next section. He told Peter, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So not only did Jesus, through a question about his own identity, give Peter a new identity, Jesus gave Peter a new purpose. Now, here's the cool thing about Jesus, okay? It wasn't a new purpose for Jesus to give it to Peter. For Peter, it was new because Peter had no idea what God had in store for him, just like most of us in here probably don't know what God has in store for us. But for Jesus, Jesus knew since the beginning of time what Peter was going to do. And he told Peter, he looked him right in the eye and said, Peter, listen, you are going to build my church. You are going to build my church. You. Now, Peter was the one who gave the right answer. He said, Jesus said, who do, who do you say I am? Peter recognized Jesus is the Son of God, Son of the living God, the, the Christ, the Messiah, the one who's come to save his people, the one who has come to live a life that we couldn't live, die a death that we should have died, and ultimately we would be raised back to life again. And so in that moment, Peter says, you are are Jesus, the Son of the living God. Now, for those of us who we've had that moment already, we've recognized that Jesus is the Son of the living God. We put our faith in him, but, but maybe you're not there yet. And, and I, want you, I want to give you a little insight into Peter's life, okay? Peter wasn't even there yet. You see, this moment was a very big deal for Peter, but, and, and Jesus actually said, you know, listen, guys, at the Last Supper before the night he was going to be killed, he, he told them, guys, I, I'm going to be going somewhere. And Peter said, listen, I'm going to follow you no matter what it costs, no matter where I go, no matter where you go, I'm going. And, and Jesus, you know, looked at Peter and said, Peter, you can't go where I'm going right now. And Peter says, I'm going to go. And Jesus looked him right in the eyes and he said, hey, Peter, before the, before the rooster crows in the morning three times, you're going to be running from me. Now, can you imagine going from a point where you're saying, you know, Jesus is the Son of God, I love Him, I'm going to follow Him with everything I am, to having Jesus actually say, you're going to run as far away from me as you possibly can. It seems devastating, but the, the truth is, that's exactly what happened. The Roman soldiers came and they, they got Jesus, and they took Him to, to be crucified. And Peter, out of fear, that's all it was, it was just fear for his own life, out of fear, 
people said, hey, hey, Peter, you, I've seen you hang out with Jesus, right? And Peter said, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, you, you know Jesus. Peter says, no, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know the man. Three times he said that the night before Jesus was going to be crucified. So Peter ran away from Jesus from the moment of this mountaintop experience where he could, he could claim nothing but Jesus in his life to a moment of denying Jesus completely. Now, if the story ended there, it would be a horrible story. And I probably wouldn't be sharing it with you right now. But it doesn't end there. Jesus was resurrected from the grave by the power of God, overcoming sin and death forever. And when he did that, he appeared to his disciples and amazingly, you know, Peter, that guy, you know, has the right answer. Um, when he heard first from the, the women that Jesus, that the tomb was empty, he ran out to the tomb to see where Jesus was because he's that kind of guy, right? But I think most of all, what was going through Peter's mind was, oh my goodness, Jesus, what he said was actually true and there might be hope for me still. And so Jesus came to Peter actually after we, he was resurrected and he went to Peter very specifically and he said, Peter, do you love me? And, and Peter probably was a little nervous because he knew this talk was coming. You ever had that time when you know your parent like, is going to talk to you about something you, you did that you shouldn't have done? right? I imagine that's kind of the fear Peter was having, only it was God. <laughs> imagine that, right? You know, hey, Peter, <laughs> gone. <laughs> so Peter, I'm sure, was a little nervous, okay? And Jesus comes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Now, the interesting thing here is in the original language, Jesus used a word for love there that we don't have. All the closest thing we can get to is, do you love me with, with God's love, unconditional love? And Peter responds to Jesus by saying, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But he used a different word there. The word was filio. It means brotherly love, right? And so Jesus said again to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me with this unconditional love? And Peter said, Jesus, you know that I love you as a brother. You know that I love you. And here's the amazing thing, okay? The third time. Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me like a brother? Because he knew Peter couldn't get there yet. He knew Peter wasn't ready to love Jesus unconditionally. He wasn't. He was still a little unsure because, I mean, after all, he denied Jesus after he said that you are the Messiah. But Jesus came to his level and he got down and he said, Peter, do you love me like a brother? And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. In fact, the Bible says he was greatly distressed because in that moment he realized what a fool he had been. And he loved Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus said all three times, feed my sheep. And what he meant was, Peter, listen, I gave you your identity. You are Peter on this rock. I'm going to build my church. Now listen, I need you to stop living in your past and I need you to start living into the future and start feeding my sheep. This is really important. So let's go. Get up. Let's go. I've restored you. I already gave you your identity. I already gave you your purpose. And you know that you're going to be with me forever in heaven one day. So let's go. Get up. Get up. Get up. Let's go. Let's go. Quit living in your past. And so Peter then, after Jesus ascended back into heaven, uh, he, they were told to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. And so Peter and the, and the disciples went back to Jerusalem, and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, an amazing thing happened. All of the people started speaking in a different language. And, and what's even more amazing is that in Jerusalem at the time, there, the Jews had traveled from all over the known world to celebrate what was known as Pentecost. 
And so they were all there from different parts, people who spoke different um, uh, dialects of Aramaic and some people who spoke Greek and some people who still spoke a little Hebrew. You know, they were, they were there and, and they were all in the city. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came and these people started hearing the message of Jesus that God loved them so much that he uh, sent his son Jesus into the world to save them to live a life they could never live, to die a death they should have died and was raised back to life again by the power of God and they could have his life if they would simply believe. They heard that message preached to them in their own languages. And then some of the scoffers who were in the crowd, and there's always some, some of the scoffers said, now listen, guys, these guys are drunk. They are drunk. And in this moment, it was an epic moment. It really was. Peter stood up and said, guys, listen. Listen, this is really important. These guys aren't drunk. And he gave his first sermon to the church ever. It was the first sermon ever preached to the church. Because after Peter had explained the life of Jesus, the story of Jesus, 3,000 people came to trust Jesus that day. So in that moment, Peter fulfilled the purpose that God put him on the earth for. It was an epic moment. And you see, here's the thing for all of us. God has our identity in Jesus. God has our purpose in Jesus. And ultimately, our destiny of being with Jesus forever in heaven is is through Jesus. And it happens as we attach our lives to him. You know, it's amazing. When you you think about your life and all of the things that you endure in your life, right? Don't, Don't we need an anchor? Don't we need an anchor? In fact, if, if a ship doesn't have an anchor, it just drifts in the current, okay? But God never designed us to drift in the current of culture or in the current of whatever it is that we're in. Now, you see, we can't escape the current of culture, but we can be anchored in it. You see, when, it, when an anchor or when a boat is wanting to stay in one place in one certain area, it lowers an anchor down, and, and the anchor is affixed to the boat by either a rope, a really strong rope, or, or chains, and when that anchor, when that boat is anchored to the anchor, it can only go within a certain circumference. It can only go into a certain area, okay? Now, I'm not a nautical man, okay? I had, to, I had to actually look this up because I thought the boats just stayed right here, right? And I'm an idiot, apparently. So, um, and th- that word means unschooled. And I was unschooled, now I'm not, okay? <laughs> I know that boats go in a circumference, all right? And so as they are here... And they're, and they're anchored, they won't leave this area. Okay, but if they're, if they're not anchored, they will, they will go all over the place, wherever the current is going. And I imagine some of you in here, your life feels like that right now, and you need an anchor. I want to tell you today, that anchor is Jesus. You need to anchor your life to Jesus, because listen, when we're anchored to Jesus, we stay under the influence of him. But if we, are, if we become unanchored to Jesus or we, we never anchor ourselves to him, we're just going to drift through life. We're going to get hurt because no matter what, whether we're anchored or we're not anchored, the storms are coming. It doesn't matter if you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. You're going to have to deal with junk in your life. We all do. How we endure that depends on what we're anchored to. I want to share something with you as we close out today. This is an awesome anchor, isn't it? Yeah? Aaron, our, uh, our stage designer, did an awesome job with that. And it's such a good image for us when it comes to this. 
in our lives, we have to anchor ourselves first and foremost with with a rope. Because, you know, we, we talk about the anchor, we need to anchor our lives to Jesus. That's all well and great, but how do we do it? How do we actually do that? I want to talk to you about that. Four, four things. The first one you have to do. You can't do the other three unless you do this one. Okay? The first one is the rope of faith. If we want to anchor ourselves to Jesus, we have to anchor ourselves through the rope of faith. And all that means is this, that we believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God, that He came here to live a life we couldn't live, to die a death that we should have died, and was raised again back to life by the power of God, overcoming sin and death forever. And here's the most important part, and that He offers us a brand new life. Listen, a brand new identity. Actually, the identity we were meant to have since the beginning of the earth, beginning of, of creation. Jesus is waiting to give that to us today And what we have to do is tie the rope of faith to the anchor that is Jesus and trust him and believe in him. Jesus said that when we trust him, that we will receive the right to become children of God. That means that Jesus, we can know him fully, we can understand him, we can be with him, but it starts with the anchor of faith. So today, if you've never made that decision, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that a little bit later. But I believe God's going to do that for you today. That this is the first rope you need to tie to the anchor of Jesus. The second rope, if you have uh, trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this rope is really, 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 really important, okay? In fact, uh, it's probably the most important one. And it is the rope of Bible study, okay? If we want to know who God is, we actually have to read who He is from the accounts of those who knew Him. If we want to know who Jesus really is, we need to get in the Word and we need to read it. And so if we want to draw closer to Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you need to anchor yourself to the Word of God. Using the Word of God, anchor yourself to Jesus using the Word of God. And we do that as we open up the Word of God every day and we read it. And listen, there are many, many, many plans out there that you can follow, and and that's all good, but just open up the Bible and read it. Okay, somebody asked me once, you know, what's the best translation of the Bible? And I said, the one that gets read, right? The one that gets read. It doesn't matter. You read KJV, you read KJV. That's great. If you want to read the New Living Translation, that's great. Just read the Bible, right? Because if you want to know who Jesus really is, you want to know who you really are, you got to get into his word. You'll never know all that God has for you if you don't get into his word and see what's there. Then, the, the next rope that we attach, use to attach to Jesus is the rope of prayer. This is where we actually spend time every day and we say, you know what, Jesus, I need you to, to speak to me today. Because listen, if we're not listening to Jesus, he will never speak to us, right? I don't know how many times my wife says, you don't listen to me. And I have to admit, it's hard. Like, you know, <laughs> man, I don't maybe I back up from this one a little bit, Okay. <laughs> I love you, baby. But, um, but, <laughs> but sometimes it's, it's hard because my mind is going a million miles a second, right? Right, guys? Right? We're thinking about that one thing that we have to get done, you know? Yeah, You're, you know where I'm at with that. So, so we're not really focused in listening, but if we truly want to hear from Jesus, we have to spend time actually tying the knot of prayer to Jesus and actually closing our Close your eyes, close your mind, open your heart, 
and allow Jesus to speak. Because if you ask Him, He will show you. He said, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking. And you will, you will receive. So we have to do that through prayer. Then the fourth rope, and this is the hardest one, okay? But it is the one that will generate an incredible result. This is the rope of obedience. The rope of obedience. Listen, listen to what Jesus said about obedience. Here's what he said. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And this is amazing. And I will manifest myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. Now, the incredible word about the word manifest is it means the same thing in English as it does in, in the Greek, which is what this was written in, the Bible. It means to show fully. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to know Jesus fully. I mean, I'm spending my life trying to know Jesus fully. And Jesus says, hey, listen, if you want, to, you want to receive that today, you need to live in obedience. You need to tie that rope to the anchor of Jesus through obedience. And when you do, Jesus will show himself fully to you. That's an amazing promise. You know, and I used to think that what Jesus was saying here was that, you know, listen, how many of you have a Bible? Raise your hand if you have a Bible. Somewhere in your house, it's not here. It doesn't matter. It's on a shelf. Okay. How many of you have a smartphone? Okay, then you have access to a Bible. Jesus said, whoever has my commandments, whoever has my commandments, that means that any of us in here today, once we put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we have the Bible, which we all can have access to it, and if, listen, if you don't have a Bible, we have one for you at the Welcome Center or out at the, uh, on your way out. Pick it up. It's free. Take it. We want you to have it, okay? Get a Bible and, and be in there. And I used to think that Jesus said, now listen, if you really loved me, you would obey my commands. How many, how many of you are parents and have said that to your kids? If you really loved me, right, or something like that, you know, we don't actually say that because that does seem, you know, manipulative, but we just mask it with more manipulation, you know, like, like hey, you listen to me. Why? Because <laughs> uh, I'm your dad, right? I used to think that that's what Jesus said here, that, that listen, you, you have my commands, and, and if you love me, you'll do that, but that's not at all what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying was, listen, as you obey more and more, or as you love more and more, I should say, you will obey more and more. So we need to quit focusing really on the act of obedience and start focusing more on loving Jesus. Because as we love him, we'll obey him. And as we obey him, he will manifest himself to us. It's an incredible thing. Now, here's the main point of the whole message today. This is where this is all going, okay? And that's this. It's our take-home point, actually, for today. I want you to think about this on the way home and throughout the day and, and even into this week, okay? I am who Jesus says I am. And I am meant to do what Jesus has called only me to do. I am who Jesus says I am. And I am meant to do what Jesus has called only me to do. You are who Jesus says you are. And you are meant to do what Jesus has called only you to do. Listen, this is incredible. Actually, here's what the Apostle Paul said about that. He said, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Jesus has given each of us in here today something specific to do that only you can do. 
you are the only person on the earth wired to do this one thing in the way that you can do it. You are not who your past says you are. You are not who your divorce says you are. You are not who your parents say you are. You are not who your husband, your wife says you are, your kids say you are. You are not who your friends say you are. You are who Jesus says you are. Stop listening to the world and start listening to Jesus. Because when we anchor our lives to Jesus, we find our identity we find our destiny. It's heaven. Jesus said that. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. And we find our purpose in him. So if you've been going through life searching for whatever it is that, that you think you're searching for, I want you to know today his name is Jesus. And he is here for you right now. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If, if today, for the first time, you want to say yes to Jesus. This is the very first time you have making this step, saying along with Peter, agreeing with Peter, that he, Jesus, is the son of the living God, that he is the Messiah, that he has come here and lived a life for you that you can't live, that he died an excruciating, excruciatingly painful death for you, and that he was raised back to life by the power of God and now is standing here today offering you a brand new life, your new identity, your new purpose, and your new destiny. If you want to receive that today, all you have to do, Jesus said, is to believe in him, to trust in him. And so I'm going to pray for you right now, and I'm just going to ask you to agree with me in prayer. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that your presence would be here in a powerful way. And God, I thank you for sending Jesus who came here to live the life I couldn't live, who died the death that I should have died and, and offers me a brand new life because of his resurrection. I, I thank you for that. And today I, ex I accept it. I receive it in the power and the presence of your son, Jesus. I receive him into my life and I trust him that he is God that he has an identity for me, that he has a purpose for me, that he has a destiny for me. And I pray right now that you will just give it to me in this moment. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and grace. And God, for the rest of us, I pray that whatever it is today that's holding us back from living into the identity you've given to us or the purpose you've given to us, whatever it is, God, I pray, you know, if it's we need to get in your word more. We need to be praying more. We need to actually step out and live in obedience. God, I pray that you would help us to do that today. God, let today be the first day of the rest of our lives. And just like you restored Peter, God, I know you're restoring people today. I know that you are restoring those who have strayed away from you because they think they've screwed up so bad that, they, that you don't even love them anymore. God, we know that's far, so far from the truth that you meet us where we are and that you love us so much and that you want us to live into the purpose and the identity that you have given to us. So God, help us now to grab a hold of you with everything we are and to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you the commitment for today. It's a really long commitment, perhaps the longest ever in the history of new life. <laughs> um, but it says this, and I think it's important. 
I will spend time reading my Bible and praying daily, asking Jesus to show me my identity in him and to show me my destiny for the sake of his glory. I love the statement that we were created to enjoy God and glorify him forever because we can participate in that now. And today, if you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, there's a massive party going on in heaven. I want you to know that. You know, we're humans. We think we're better than that, so we hardly celebrate that kind of thing at all. But it is incredible what's happening in heaven today for those of you who just received Jesus for the first time because it's that important, just like it was for Peter. Peter anchored his life to Jesus, and in Jesus, he found out who he was, where he was going, and why he was here. And that's what Jesus wants to do for us today.